Cleaning Up by Cathy Hartigan. It made me sad seeing the council van parked up. There, a row of slabs leaning against the wall like a shelf of stone books. And the machine, louder than a mower, ripping up the turf. Cheaper than mowing, I suppose. Another sort of cut altogether. The tree, though. Surely they wouldn't take down a tree in its prime. It was a maple as good as any umbrella in full leaf. Although when they fell, I had to be careful not to slip. Even so, it was a thing of beauty and I didn't want to see it go. I kept looking, as if my stare might stop it somehow. But then another van drew up and the men unloaded a wooden seat. The sort that goes right round a tree trunk. Well... I felt the world had cheered up suddenly. Every day I walk past that tree. Not going out is the beginning of the end when you're old, so I make the effort to get to the co-op for a few bits and bobs. It didn't take the men long to finish the paving. On the next jaunt I stopped to see if there was a brass plaque on the seat. Horace and Doris loved this spot, that sort of thing. But there wasn't. Let's face it, who would love it? Right on the busy junction. No, I knew who the seat was for. The decrepit, needing a rest halfway home. At least that's what I thought. But coming back, I discovered it was occupied by a smart-looking couple with a whole load of Bible paraphernalia. Leaflets and books took up as much room as they did and a board covered in pictures of happy children in hot countries was propped up against the seat. Steam rose from tea, the woman poured from a thermos. They smiled and nodded. It seemed a bit of a liberty to me, setting up shop on a public bench, but I thought they probably wouldn't be there the next day. They were, though the one after. I got a hello with a nod by then. No show the day after, but it was Sunday. Instead, a man lay as best he could on a curved seat. I could see a side-to-side -side split in the sole of his boot. Someone else sat by him, crouched over. Both had matted hair, and all their clothes belonged in the dustbin. Beer cans were strewn about, one of them leaking a brown stain on the new flagstones. Oh, shame. The next day, two drunks had become four hungover drunks, plus dogs. Three of the men were getting on, 
but one was a youngster. I gave him a bit of a look when I was passing. Not more than 16, I'd say. He didn't pay me any attention as he was unscrewing the lid on one of those big plastic bottles of beer. But next thing, with a great whoosh, it exploded in all directions. Then came the bad words. He stood up and flapped his arms, which set the dogs barking and everyone else cursing. Brown spots dotted the paving and the bottom of my coat caught a few. I always carry a packet of those wipes with me for emergencies, so I thought I'd have a go at them straight away. The young lad was in a right state, flicking his hands and then trying to dry them on his filthy trousers. When he started smearing dirt all over his face, I couldn't resist offering him a wipe. He looked at me, then the wipe, then back at me. Cheers, he grunted, plucking it from my hand with his thumb and forefinger like it might be delicate. Once he set to, though, he got vigorous, ending up with a loud blowing of his nose. Well, well, I said, you're not so bad looking after all. For a moment, I thought he was going to hand his dirty hanky back, but then he shoved it in his pocket. Here, I said, don't use that again. I offered him the packet. His mates were paying attention to nothing except the dogs, but the lad glanced over to see, like a kid accepting something he shouldn't. I owe you, he said. I had to laugh. Don't leave it too long. The following morning, the Bible man was back. Lovely day, he called out. That it is. I was tickled to see him and his lady friend sitting on a couple of fold-up chairs next to a picnic table. They'd been ousted and had decamped to over by the wall. It's Bob, he said, beaming at me. And this is... A cheer went up from under the tree. They were having quite a party. Half a dozen of them, one guitar and three dogs. I'm no musician but I can tell the difference between meaningful and a load of noise. I'd best be getting on, I said. On the way back, there was another couple talking with Bob and whatever her name was. I noticed the gap between virtue and sin had got a little narrower, so much so that a couple of mums with pushchairs had to go through in single file. The weather that week was lovely. Warm like summer, but we soon paid for it. Exactly a week after the seat arrived, we had all of April's showers in a couple of hours. I didn't go out. From my bedroom window, I couldn't see a soul. The tree was swaying about like a spinning top just before it falls over. Everywhere felt fresh and born again the next day, though. It was still damp in the shade and a little chilly, but there was no trace of any beer stains on the new slabs and all the cans, bottles and dog ends had vanished. Not for long. The ne'er-do-wells returned, but without the lad. 
Maybe with a clean face he'd got himself a job. I like to think so. The others made nuisances of themselves. A couple of shrill-voiced women who should know better turned up. One with a snake wrapped around her neck. I mistook it for a scarf until it moved. Are snakes allowed out in the street? They were the sort of drunks that sing. I say singing, but more like Leonard Cohen groaning on. I reckon he's got a lot to answer for. Then blow me if Bob and What's-Her-Name didn't get their mates round. A dozen enthusiasts warbling tuneless hymns I didn't recognise. In a way, it was quite entertaining, although I've never really cared for accordions, especially when playing that loud. It was then I clocked what was going on. This was war. Ordinary folk had to fight their way through. The pavement was so crowded. That's all right if you're fit, but when you're old, it's daunting. I thought I'd push my trolley in front to part the way, but someone knocked into it and my grip wasn't strong enough to keep hold. One minute the world's the right way up, the next the accordion is sounding all the wrong notes as the side of my face slides down the player's sleeve. I heard myself cry out before I hit the ground. In the ambulance I came to and through the searing agony in my hip remembered a hazy circle of faces looking down at me. They were from both sides, smart and shabby, good and bad. But right then, I couldn't tell the difference. They may as well have been cattle gathered round a trough. By a miracle, I hadn't broken anything. Severe bruising and several yanks on the strings holding my bones together. Lucky, they said. The nurses asked if I wanted to let anyone know, but if they got Clive and Carol down from Leamington, they'd only go on about having me to live up there. I did have a surprise visitor, though. The lad. You're looking better, I said, whatever your name is. You're not, he laughed. It's Neil. Here, I brought these. He produced a bunch of grapes. Oh, that's very kind, Neil, I said. Cleaned up then? Yeah. He looked embarrassed. I went home, made peace with my mum. Actually, she said to bring the grapes. Oh, thank you to her then. Basically, he said, it was the smell of them wet hankies you gave me. Smelt just like the stuff she stuck down the toilet. I see. Oh, what a charming boy. So I went back. He paused to wipe his nose on his sleeve. And then I got my community service. Really? Yeah, I'm on litter. Goodness. I'd have gone down if I hadn't been staying at home. Ah, oh. but doing litter is how I know you're here. He helped himself to a grape. The God Squad told me. Well, Neil, I hope you cleared up all that rubbish round the tree. Yeah, and the rest. You won't know the place. He tossed another grape in the air before catching it in his mouth. Pleased, 
He grinned and applauded. It's going though, he said. What is? That tree. The tree? I was so shocked I pulled on one of my dodgy strings. That's terrible. Why is it going? Got something wrong with it. Something wrong with it? It looked well enough the day before yesterday. What sort of wrong? He shrugged. Some disease. There's a notice says so. That's a shame. Oh, a real shame. I sank back and he got up to go. Thanks for coming, I said. It's nice to have a visitor. Haven't you had none? I shook my head. Clive and Carol said they'd come if I wanted them to, but they're too far away. Besides, I'll be out soon. Yeah, I think so. But go on with you. You've paid your debt. Go and keep the streets nice. When the council van turned up with the shredder on the back, I could hardly bear to watch. The noise was shocking, like screaming. Murder's what it sounded like. But before long, it was all done, and lo and behold, I had a lovely, clear view. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? I could see for miles. What surprised me was that they didn't fill in the hole and pave over it. I suppose that would have been too obvious. A gang of workmen ripped out the seat and started taking up the new paving. One of them was Neil. Hello, hello, I said when I staggered along. Picked up all the litter, have you? Nah, that's only one day a week. This is my new job. It's going to be grass again here. I thought I might try and get on mowers. He revved an imaginary engine while I made a mental note not to go out on those days. The picnic table was there with a few tatty-looking leaflets weighted down with stones. I thought Bob and his lady friend had gone for lunch, but then I heard a man's voice that sounded just like his coming from the other side of the wall. I'm not tall, but further along there was a gate and, with a stretch, I could possibly see over. I'd always thought it was a patch of waste ground left over from the Blitz. But looking closely amidst all the weeds and rubbish, I saw it was an old cemetery. And there, sitting on a fallen tombstone right in the middle, was Bob. He was sharing a takeaway pizza with not only the woman wearing the snake, but a couple of the old retainers from under the tree as well. Hallelujah! That's what Bob shouted when he saw me. I was quite flattered. They waved me over, but I wasn't going to struggle over that knobbly ground, catching my stockings on brambles and whatnot, so I just waved back. The councilmen and Neil were finishing up round the tree when I went past, and seeing all those tools propped up against the wall, the brooms and shovels, I had an idea. Who'd have thought the likes of us would get a visit from the mayor? When I heard he was coming, I thought I would get Clive and Carol down. It might stop them pestering me to go and live up there. I know they mean well, but I'm a busy woman these days. 
It's amazing what you can achieve when you're old, just by asking. Yes, the likes of Neil could come and clear the cemetery. Yes, the bench from round one tree could certainly go round another. Yes, the college would love to run a competition for the students to design a shelter. So, here we are, getting ready for an official opening. There's one job left for me to do before the official photos. All these years, and I never knew there even was a dissenter's cemetery. It says so on the gate, under an inch of dirt and grime so as you couldn't see. I've already had a go at it, but with a bit more elbow grease and a few good wipes, it'll come up like new. Sometimes a little extra effort is all you need to make things come good. and read by Ali Williams. It was brought to you by Tempest Productions. And now a word from our sponsor, which is us, Tempest Productions. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to help us make more, then why not buy us a coffee via Kofi? That's ko-fi.com forward slash Tempest Productions. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Tempest Productions. Thank you so much for your support.